Hello, I'm Derek Wheatley and welcome to episode 54 of the Weekly Wheatley Podcast. I want to say thank you very much to Collie Ennis for last week's episode, uh, for coming on and talking about all this creepy crawlies and spiders and all those kind of things that people either love or hate it seems but uh, colleagues obviously loves them I thought it was a great episode my dad it's my dad's favorite episode so far so I'm pretty happy with that um so thanks very much Collie we really appreciate it uh thanks everyone for all the support as usual for listening tuning in um this recording on a Sunday so I did a, a one of the live and joyful things on Instagram last night um where we Eva Parks and that was really uh really good and you know it's trying to spread a bit of joy and lift the mood a bit and you know trying not to talk about the the main things that are going on right now so keep an eye out for those because they'll be coming uh there'll be more coming on the way probably this week and next week and all that so um that's enough for me for now so i'll introduce my guest she's a music therapist um a music teacher and a trad musician and her name is i'm gonna no do you know what i'm gonna say the irish i'm gonna say the irish because i've tested myself all week so her name is bernadine nivioran how are you Bernadette I'm good Derek thank you and that's lovely pronunciation well done <laughs> uh, do you know like I mentioned I mentioned before the, the, we started recording my my landlady did give me a little bit of a hand with that I was gonna I, do you know what I was gonna do just for just for you right just for in honor of you coming on I was gonna say my Irish name that was given to me by by teachers because obviously Wheatley is not a, an Irish name it's an English name so they called me Defuishley which is shocking and and it was one of those names right when i was in school like my friends used to say it as a kind of a joke like a nickname defuishly because it sounded so ridiculous but (laughs) it was was one of those things where the teacher made a big point of like if you were there right bernadette they would have said nivioran and that would have been it obviously because mine is an english name they she kind of made a point of saying i'll have to look that up i'll have to figure that out and it stood out then because she you know she did it but listen you're a teacher and maybe you can get into the the psychology of that later on but um, listen uh, could you give us a a short history of your upbringing please yeah absolutely um so i uh, i'm from a small village in offley called horsleep and if you if you ever traveled on the old dublin road to galway um, you will have passed through it surely. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty small place, rural. Um, I, I'd be from a big, a big enough family. There's five of us in it, all women, and um, we, yeah, it pretty. I would say normal uh, upbringing, uh, happy. I, I have to say, yeah. I have, you know, that's that's kind of the main thing that sticks out when I think about my childhood. It was a happy one. Good. That's nice. I think uh, actually horse sleep, that's funny because you mentioned about the old road. We uh, traveled, we we went to school in Dublin, myself and my brothers, and we were living up there Mm -hmm. with my mom. We traveled every three weeks down to see my dad. And we were obviously coming from Dublin to Athlone, so we used to go through a horse sleep every time. So it was one of those places where it was in our heads when we got to horse sleep, we were close enough, like we were getting Uh there. Yeah, yeah so so we we were always passing through so i've been there a lot and it's it's weird that you say that i don't think i've been there in you know i don't know how long because the obviously the, the bypass and all that yeah yeah you wouldn't you wouldn't kind of um you wouldn't make a point to to go with the old road or anything like that um, exactly yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so tell us um when did you become aware of mental health That's that's a really really good question, um, and it's one that I I actually find it hard to answer because I don't, um, 
I don't have like a particular memory or a particular I, I, I can't remember a light bulb moment, you know, that kind of way um, where I first became aware of it. Um, and I think it I think that's because of the way that we were brought up uh, when I was uh, young, quite young um, my mother changed careers. She was a nurse, but she retrained as a psychotherapist. So um, she kind of, to, you know, to make a long story short, she um, would have brought a lot of her training and knowledge from her work into everyday life, mm. you know. So we were always encouraged to um, to look after our mental health, I suppose. And if we were ever feeling sad or anxious or worried, always we were always encouraged to talk about it. And um, even, I suppose, in in our in a, a sort of a wider context of our friends and things you know if we're, to look out for look out for our friends if any of them were feeling sad talk to them and ask them why or you know that kind of thing um so it, it just was kind of a part of life I suppose so um that I think that's why I don't have the, this kind of really defining moment mm. of when when I became aware of mental health and what it meant um because it was always there but I suppose um there were little there were little times where I would have joined joined the dots on things where um you know I would I would I'd be a bit of a worrier you know mm. a natural worrier and um as a child and even to this day um when I when I feel anxious I feel it in my stomach I feel it as nausea you know and um so I have lots and lots of memories from primary school right up to my leave insert where I wouldn't want to go to school because, and I'd go and I'd say to mum in the morning, I feel sick. I don't want to go to school. And she knew and always told me that that was worry. And she always warned us that worrying would make us sick, you know? And so that's, I mean, that was kind of my understanding of it. Like, Oh, I'm feeling so stressed out that I'm sick, you know? And, yeah. Um, and I suppose at, at that time when we were going to school, there wasn't, um, I mean, we understood it here at home, but I I don't feel like there was a wider understanding from other people or from the teachers that we had. And that's no, that's no shame on them. I'm not trying to say that they were bad people yeah. or anything, but it there just wasn't the same understanding that, you know, stress and worry that could the, the physical effect it could have on you. I don't. Yeah. I don't think that it was emphasised when I was going to school. So, yeah. um, I think it was those moments where, um, where I really, kind of, where I felt the importance of looking after your mental health and making sure that you didn't kind of get to the point where the stress will actually make you physically sick. You know, mm. because, you know, I and I I learned it the hard way as well. You know you know letting it all bubble up to a point I remember one particular stressful situation in my teens where I just I didn't talk about it I didn't tell anybody and you know I was afraid to tell anybody I didn't know how to broach the subject all that kind of thing and I remember it just made me so sick and uh, you know and I went I, I remember I was, I was to go to school that day and I just had my breakfast and this is disgusting but I went and I you know I actually 
was physically sick I vomited mm. and um that and it was then that I had to I had to tell mom what was going on and which was it was unusual for me to kind of keep things from her as well you mm. know um so yeah I had to tell her what was going on and um you know and she explained then like that what had happened was a reaction to the stress that I was under and that I suppose yeah I mean maybe I've I've just found my light bulb moment moment <laughs> there it is <laughs> yeah well you know uh, this is the thing Bernadette right because uh, over the course of uh, you're actually I, I was looking it up today you're the 39th uh, guest that we've had on the show this is such a like uh, uh, this is one of those questions that seem to really show um kind of over Ireland and over age groups as well because we've obviously had different age groups as well um that and you speak about like in school it's look it was the same in my school but they just didn't know and it wasn't a you know a slight on them or anything like that but yeah that worry I had that in school and I didn't know what it was you know I didn't know what to put it down to um mm. the kind of nerves is and worrying worrying yourself sick and I think uh, I think it's great that your mom was able to kind of bring it uh, into the house and kind of remind you or, or let you know what it was. We had a guest on uh, Nicola uh, Glynn and she had the same experiences. Her mom was in a, uh, within the, within that uh, uh, work workspace where she could yeah. bring it back and tell people, uh, t- sorry, tell people, but tell her kids in particular that this is what it is and this is what you have to look out for. So it's, it's encouraging in that sense. I, I look, I like to think that everything's improving all the time with it and like a lot more people are speaking yeah, out about it. You I yeah. think it is in certain ways, yeah. Yeah, so, um, but yeah, that's a really good answer, actually, because I like the way you, uh, you kind of worked it out as you were going along. Uh, but but here's the thing, right? It's a question that really nobody can answer, like, spot on. Nobody knows exactly when they found uh, or when they heard or became aware of mental health. So it's just one that, uh, that's why I like to kind of send it to the guest in, you know, a few days mm-hmm. beforehand so they can maybe just have a little think about uh, the ideas and the, the the memories of it you know um yes. so obviously we're going to talk well a lot about music in this episode um what were your early musical influences oh now um <clears throat> excuse me a real mixed bag um <laughs> because i think like, like i said before um we're a big family here um there obviously there was the five of us here growing up um my two there's two older sisters than me and two younger we're kind of me and the younger sisters are kind of like um I call us a second batch um because there's quite a big age difference um but uh yeah there's all of us and then there's obviously my my parents and then my uncle lived with us well he still does he still does live here as well you know lives here at home um so there was eight of us in the house growing up and um everybody had their different their different tastes you know so there was there was always music on in the house but um it was always different depending on i don't know who was there who had theirs on the loudest or sometimes everybody had it all at the same time but um there was a lot of a lot of trad and the dubliners because my my dad and my uncle are very into their irish music and um uncle mike loves the country music too um, so there was a bit of that. Um, my my mom, she, mom likes a bit of everything. Um, I know when I think about her, 
record collection um there's a lot of kind of motown that's mm. that sort of music um because my mum uh, was born in england grew up in england so um um, I don't know if that's a direct connection, but that's what she likes anyway. And uh, then, you know, my I think the biggest, though, biggest influence um, would be from my oldest sister, Mary. She is an avid music lover and uh, she has a massive collection of music. And it was like t- as as a kid, because I, I, I really loved music for I think for as long as I can remember, I just have always loved music and thought about music all the time. Um, and I remember her CD collection and tapes um, as it was back in the day as well. Um, she, it was like a treasure trove. It was so cool. And, um, you know, she we'd, I'd spend time with her. Record, you remember you used to record songs off the radio? Yeah. <laughs> um, I'd, I'd spend a lot of time doing that with her or... Um, she would make me little mixtapes of um the of the different bands that I liked from her collection and um yeah they were it was it was it was pretty amazing and she always kind of encouraged that as well and um yeah well you know there was just there was just so much music all the time I I could be here all day talking about it but um I think in, in terms of influences she hmm. would be would have been probably the biggest yeah yeah that's the, like we we were similar but there's only three of us now in the house three three lads like and we were similar uh in the almost like who could play it the loudest because there was a quite a difference in our in our tastes you know and that and that's that's good because i think it it, it kind of it does still kind of come across like you know that that you may not like their their favorite bands but then something will come across where you kind of think actually that sounds quite good so i do quite like that um you know the influences are quite mixed and it is a good thing to have loads and loads of different uh types of music that you're into obviously but um because yeah. there's something for every every kind of mood then and we'll obviously chat about that but um when did you start uh playing music then um, I started playing music um, in senior infants. Um, I remember really distinctly a local music teacher had sent flyers to the school. Um, they were on blue paper. <laughs> I don't know why that's a memory, but um, yeah. So I remember just taking that flyer home and, you know, that weekend, Daddy went to um, the music shop there in Tullamore and bought a tin whistle and brought them home. He brought home whistles for each of us you know because you can't get for one and not the other yeah. um in that you know um so we all had tin whistles and then I went to lessons and yeah learned kind of some of the basics and that that was kind of where it all started mm-hmm. off yeah that's where it all started off on the that with that little little tin whistle with the red sticker yeah yeah <laughs> I I actually started on tin whistle too believe it or not and think it was second class or something like that but so yeah. I, want, I want to talk a bit about trad music because I know you you play trad music and it'd be very disingenuous of me to 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 not say this because I'm it wouldn't be my favorite type of music right but oh, yeah. the re- but the reason I'm telling you this it's it's uh because otherwise people will be thinking that I, I this show, I'm always been honest on this show. That's the whole point of this show. But what I will say about trap music, what I do love about trap music is the passion. There's yeah. amazing uh, talent, like musicianship, but the community that it creates, because I, you know, I could be wrong saying this and I'm sure it's, I'm sure I'm wrong. <laughs> I have been many times on this, but when, you know, if there's a trad session going on in a pub, people can just join in, like, you know, someone grab a guitar, they want to join in and play yeah. that. I do love the idea of that because it is very, very inclusive, you know. Um, yeah. 
So I, I, I was talking to my dad about music last night and the point he made is there's no bad music because people like music, people like different types of music and what may not be for you is someone else is going to be mad on it, you know, and uh, I love that. Yeah. That's, and yeah. that's, that's, that, that'd be my belief about music as well. Like I hate to hear people saying, Oh, that's crap, you mm. know, um, because someone else likes it, you know, you don't exactly. have to listen to it. <laughs> exactly. That, that's exactly what it is though. You don't have to listen to it. You don't have to be part of it. Like, but what is it that you love about the trad scene? Um, well, I think a lot of what you've actually just said is just the fact that, um, you know, you can go, you can go to a session and you can sit down and play a few tunes and, you know, you, you might know everybody there, mm. but the, um, one of the biggest things that I love about, uh, trad music is the attunement that happens, you know, at a trad session. I mean, you know. You, you don't know for sure what tune I'm going to start next, but mm. it, it's just, you know, you, I might start off some, a set of reels or something and, you know, I just kind of give a nod to somebody or, you know, it might be the tiniest little thing, a bit of eye contact, and they know that I'm going to change the tune. Mm. They listen for a second and then that, you know, it about a bar and if you know what you join in and yeah. um, you can often pick up a tune in, matter of seconds as well at a session and it's just I I really I that's one of my favorite things about it is just you know that the the kind of the the non-verbal interactions between the musicians are you know they're so they're so small like that you wouldn't notice them but when you really think about it it's 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 a it's it's magical like you know it's it's great it and it's um yeah it's just wonderful that i think that's one of my favorite things about it yeah do you know it's, it's funny when you, you you talk about that with the with the eye contact that are nodded ahead of whatever it is like that's another thing that i didn't say there that, that i love there's there's almost like people within the within the scene um and i'd say this in every town but um that they just <laughs> seem to have an arsenal of songs in their mind you know they just know yeah and every like you're saying you you may start playing a reel and then they're they're off they go for it and like that's what that's what i guess the point is of me saying that you know it's not my kind of music but i appreciate everything that goes into it you know and and the 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 crack that people have around it like that's another thing and and i actually i actually quite like the um you know the slower kind of music where where, um uh, is it a shanos is that the right shan shan no singing is that yeah 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 and there's the slow airs as well yeah it's quite it's it's quite like um even though it's obviously the lyrics are probably very very sad everything's you know it's the whole point of it but it's i find it quite relaxing you know whereas everything else maybe and maybe that's what it is right because trad trad at a high speed is quite to to me like it's kind of gets my heart going and i get really anxious about (laughs) i'm like jesus what's going on you know like it's it's all going to kick off at the pub Um, but but it's not it's it's going to kick off in a good way so like do you feel like then um when you're involved and you're playing music and you're in pubs or clubs whatever it is uh do you feel that like a, a kind of a part of community then yeah, absolutely. And um, I mean, you, when you when you grow up in kind 
well when you grow up musically i suppose in the in the trad scene you you meet so many people because maybe you know maybe you go to flas or maybe you kind of get roped into a Kaylee band or something you, but you, you do you travel around and um when we were when because uh, my one of my sisters played music as well that would have been close in age and you know we'd go we'd go far and wide for sessions mm. and you know with one of our music teachers who um, to this day is a good friend of mine, Camilla Tiny. Um, he taught us so much music and so much about the, um he taught us so much about um the heart of traditional music, which is what you're saying about the the community mm. uh, that you feel playing with other musicians and the you know the fact that you know you could be sitting in a big circle of musicians and it's just there's nothing it's like there's nothing around you but the music. Mm. And to, to be part of something like that is just, um, it's indescribable, really. Mm. You know, it's it's just it's just so wonderful. And you know, it was something that really kind of kept me going as well when I'd come home from college. And because obviously, you're doing when you do a course like I did the the BA Irish Music and Dance in Limerick, and it's a it's performance based, and it, there's so you know it, it's high standard. It's at times high pressure and that's not a bad thing in its Mm. own way but sometimes you just want to come home and play tunes and not be not worried that you're not putting off putting enough variations into it or that you didn't hit that role right you know you just want to play some tunes and it was one of the kind of saving grace type things when i come home at the weekend i could I knew that maybe Miller was having a session in Pegan's Moat or something, and I could go and just let rip. You know, yeah. it was great. You know, so yeah. Have you have you ever played outside of the trad scene? Have you ever gigged in in any other type of genre? I suppose. Um, kind of. Well, I I played in a in a, a pub band there for a long time uh, while I was doing my masters, and that kind of brought us around. But we were still we were doing a lot of like ballad and st- a lot of Irish songs still throw in the odd pop song put a trad twist on it kind of yeah. um yeah there was that and then um I I am part I'm part of a band now called the Cardinal Sins we'd be a Celtic punk rock type thing you know oh, really? <laughs> yeah no and that's that's so much fun because um my other my other great love is rock music so it's like bringing the two together Perfect. and you know, the teenager inside me is screaming. <laughs> yeah, that, that sounds perfect, though. That sounds perfect. Yeah. Um, oh, absolutely, yeah. I love kind of that as well, like the bit of a mishmash of, of genres as well. I think that's kind of fun, you know, and it's fun for the yeah. fun for the not just for the audience, but for, for the person playing the music. But um, I'll just sneak in this ad, Bernadette, and then we'll go again. Sure, all right? yeah. Fusion Training Center, Monksland Athlone, a place to train in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, kickboxing, martial arts and CrossFit. A great atmosphere with experienced coaches and a real sense of community. If you want to join the team, find us on Facebook at Fusion Training Center or drop in for a chat. Fusion Training Center, train like a warrior. I got that right. Yay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the worst part of it when I do get it right. I'm so cocky all of a sudden, like, you know, and I know I'm going to make it balls of it next week. So it's, you know, but. So let's talk um, about uh, uh, music therapy. So um, I mentioned before it how the two words, I've taken part in both things, and I, I think it sounds really nice. But first of all, what is musical therapy or music therapy? Um, okay, so music therapy, um, I mean, I always thought, you know, it sounds 
like what it says in the tin. But um, I suppose to really define it, it's um, it's using music um, as uh, as as a, a health intervention. Okay, so to um, use you use music based interventions to address non musical clinical health goals. You know, so for example, communication um, issues, um, uh, mental health issues, um, you know, and it's, it's bringing, it's bringing the creative to the clinical, if that mm. makes sense. No, it absolutely makes sense. Yeah. It's, it's one of these things though, because, um, I, I find it like, I find things like this fascinating because obviously, first of all, I didn't know about it. Right. Mm. So I, I don't, I hadn't even heard of it, which is kind of disappointing for me, I think a little bit. Um, you know, what, when do you know, actually, just this is kind of a, this is kind of a, a question I'm just throwing in. Is it, has it been around a, a while, music therapy? It has. Yeah. Right. Um, so in, you know, it's, it, it is in still a little bit in its fledgling days, I think in Ireland. Um, but it, the, the profession of music therapy has been around since post World War II, oh, um, where it was it was used as a treatment for um, veterans, um, for anyone for veterans who are experiencing post traumatic stress disorder. Do you know? Hmm. So um, you know it's a, it's as far back as that. And I mean, if you 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 could you could suppose that it goes back further again when you know the the in ancient greece and those kind of civilizations they would have used music as as um just in a in a kind of a health context i think i think i read somewhere once where in where it was used in treating something like arachnophobia or something like that you know really? yeah yeah i think now i'd i'd have to check yeah. that one but i'm sure that's what i read because i thought it was so strange but yeah it it, it was you know, as far back as that, we've at least known the health benefits hmm. that can be got from music, you know, and from from arts and creativity. Uh, but as a profession, it it would have started in in those days post war. Hmm. I think in the nineteen fifties. Yes, in the nineteen fifties, it became kind of an official profession. Okay, so it's yeah, so it uh, like you say, it's still fledgling days, but it's not. It's around a bit longer than I I, I thought it was. Uh, thought it was, but so why did you want to become a, a musical therapist, a music therapist? Why do you keep saying musical? I should scribble that out. Uh, <laughs> music therapy. Yeah, well, a, a lot of people say musical ter- therapy, um, but you know, it 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 is you know the we can drop the the al, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, because I think I think um. You know, when I think there, you know, it, it kind of gives a sense that it it's not saying musical therapy. Um, I don't think, you know, captures the fact that the the music is the tool that we are using. Mm. You know, so um, you know, that's that's um, that's a that's I think maybe something something um that i haven't really thought about there before well, it's, just, just, it's stuck in my head and i wrote it down you see first off here and i'm thinking like musical therapy would be more you'd be jumping around singing songs from cats that that's in my head now you see and that's not what you this is not what you do so okay i'm gonna i'm gonna go right uh why did you want to become a music therapist 
well, um, I think I always had uh, an interest in, um, you know, doing something for others, using using my kind of gifts and talents in music for others. And for a long time, I thought that I wanted to be a teacher. I had this plan that I was going to be a music and Irish teacher in a secondary school. But then I remember doing some work experience where I got to teach a secondary school class and I did not like it. Okay. So um, so I went to I went to college with this kind of um, I knew I wanted to do music anyway. So I said, right, well, I'm just going to do this and let's see, you know, I'll, I'll think about it after, you know, I kind of, you know, in terms of career and everything, I just said, right, I'll find something. Mm-hmm. Um, but we we were being we were at a lecture to do with careers in my first year of, of the BA and they mentioned music therapy and I was like, wow, you know, um, you know, because I never had the confidence or anything to go for psychotherapy mm-hmm. or anything like that, because the route for that from leaving cert, you know, it was high points and I thought, oh, I'll never get that, yeah. you know, and then I just was so into music that it didn't even, you know, I just wanted to do music and nothing else really. Um, so when I heard music therapy, I thought, wow, that sounds, that sounds cool. There was just like this little click and I looked into it a lot more, found out that there was a master's down in Limerick hmm. and I looked into it and I thought that that is for me. I, I want to do that. And so that became the goal, Yeah, you know, everything I did, every elective module I picked was working towards it, towards um, getting onto that master's. And thank God I did, because I would have been crushed. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, it's how would, so like I said already, and, you know, it was something that I've been thinking for, for the last few days or the last couple of weeks since I, I, I asked mm-hmm. you to come on and it's, it's, it's a, the reason it's of interest to me, I guess, uh, would obviously I'm very, very into music. Um, I have been through different types of therapy, which I've mentioned on here before, so I'll run through them again. But um, the idea for me uh, of music therapy sounds like something that would suit me. And like when I read through um, the, the ideas behind it and some of the stuff on your page and things like that, how would someone know if they were a candidate for uh, music therapy? Mm, that's a that's a good question um I suppose like you say that kind of um that you're you, like you, what you de- described there as being motivated by music mm. and um you know that's that's a that's a big factor because I mean everybody everybody likes music but we always say that just simply liking music is not really it's not really enough you know um and i mean that's just i i suppose that's something we kind of put out there as well um because when we'd be working in different different types of uh, clinical settings you'd get a lot of referrals that when you ask for the reason t- that you're referring the client they would you'd get just they love music you right. know mm-hmm. and it's like well what do you think music can help them address you know so um i suppose it's just if you think that you that music can help you in some way to achieve a non-musical goal as we say so maybe 
that's maybe that's um for for someone uh you know um improving their mood or alleviating the symptoms of stress or depression or anxiety or um or just even that using their own resources that they have their kind of potential mm. to um to uh you know maybe find new skills that they didn't realize they have i find it a lot when i'm working with older people or people who maybe maybe they, they have a a degenerative disorder uh, or disease that you know is bringing them limitations mm. uh, music can help out bring music can help to bring out new potentials in them that they might not realize that they had or you know so that's so that's something that's a that's a that can be something that would um you know make someone a, a candidate for mm. music therapy so do you do, like you obviously get a lot of um you know people people who have been going to therapy and then they get like say recommended to you as like you said if somebody's really into music they get recommended to you do yeah. you get people that come to you without a, a referral as such someone who would like almost like walking off the street but you, you know what i mean by that phrase but yeah just someone that would just come to you without going through another kind of form of therapy oh so like a, like do you mean like a self-referral or they haven't yeah. done it okay a self-referral um, no, I don't. I don't get a lot of those, and I think, but I don't think that's for any particular reason other than that I work in settings where um, I work in a lot of uh, disability service mm. settings, and um, so there's all there's a manager or there's a key staff who is making the referral. Um, I I do have I do have one group um where some of it would be mixed where so they it it's part of a day service um for people with disabilities and they you know so some of the some of the service users at that particular uh center would have referred themselves for the okay. group or, and then others would have been referred by staff so yeah i have had those situations yeah so if anybody that's yeah, so if anybody was listening to this and thought like, oh, this sounds like something for me, they they can go to you. Oh, yes, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Oh, they can. You know, you can absolutely self-refer and you know, you can you can um I mean it all starts with reaching out. Hmm. Is isn't that it? You know, yeah. it it all starts with a, a text or a call or an email and you know, uh I can then talk you talk with you and have a chat and we can talk through you know your reasons for you know why you why you're coming to music therapy what can what would you like to achieve for yourself mm -hmm. um or you know if i'm working with someone who um doesn't who might not have that kind of self-awareness i can speak to their staff ab about it and yeah. with them you know it, obviously depending on the client but the, the i think the fact that um music therapy can reach such a wide range of people where perhaps traditional talk therapies can't you know yeah. always do you know um because you know we can work on a on a, a verbal level you know and verbal with music and the two combine or we can just work on a completely non-verbal level mm -hmm. as well for anyone who might need that you know yeah like uh uh, like I say, right, the traditional uh, therapies have helped me an awful lot. Yeah. Um, 
But I will say at the start, when I first started going, and I was between two, I was in, uh, first of all, in the Westmead one, then I was out in the Roscommon uh, medical centres. They, they're quite an intimidating place for somebody who's, um, it's not the staff, by the way, I'm not, it's not yeah. that, but for someone who's with anxiety and stuff, it's like, uh, you know, corridors, you know, long echoey corridors. And then you go into a, a room and it's just a table and a chair. Do you know what I mean? Like there's something kind of intimidating about that. Well, there was for me, so I wouldn't speak for yeah, other it's, people. It's, it's quite institutional. And I think yeah. that's a bit of a, that's a bit of a bad word these days in Ireland. You know, it's kind of mm. something we're trying to shake off, really. Isn't yeah, it? It, you're right, actually. Yeah, it, we are trying to shake it off. And and look, I, I the thing about it, like, I I don't know what I expect the rooms to be like, if you know what I mean. I'm not having to go with the people who set up the rooms, anything like that. Yeah, There's a yeah. certain amount of budget as well that goes into it. They can't decorate it with libraries or books and stuff. It's just not possible. If people come to you, then what what, what kind of setup do you have? Um, well, usually I go to I go to the client, so I might go to them in their homes or their residential. If they're in residential services, I might go there or in their day service. I might visit them. I I suppose you know it's it's partially because you know I I work on kind of a freelance basis and I don't have my own center yet. <laughs> um, yeah. But um, that's something that I would like to have you know in the future but that's another another thing um but yeah i go to i go to the client where they're comfortable and um that's that's how i've been working on it so far um so yeah i would i would bring uh so i i suppose whatever is portable you know which you know my guitar is what i bring that everywhere that i go and then i bring a selection of instruments and we'd kind of We've, I'd always, you know, have a conversation with the the staff maybe there or the the parent or the the yeah whoever the main, kind of main carer who is you know seeking out the service for the for the person they're caring for and um, we'd have a conversation about what might work best and you know uh, sometimes we would work in a sensory room. Mm. Uh, or sometimes you know we, I'd always look to have a circle especially if it's a group um, but mostly it's just a, a room where we can be comfortable where I can set up a few instruments and um, you know that but that's um, that's I suppose you know what what I've kind of been working with so far I think my ideal my ideal situation would be you know, somewhere with a bit of color, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know a lot of a lot of um, more kind of clinical settings. I think that's something that is lacking. Um, you know, uh, but so yeah, just somewhere that is comfortable. Maybe a couple of plants here and there. Um, yeah, that's nice. A good. That's a lovely idea, though. And that, like, to remove that setting of the sterile, sterile, you know, room where it's all just everything you know is going to be serious do you know what i mean like it doesn't have like i think the whole point like my idea of 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 just chatting to you now really like about music therapy is that it's not going to be full-on talk getting deeply rooted into your childhood there will be parts obviously but i like the idea like bringing along the instruments encouraging people to to obviously to get involved in in playing those instruments do you find that people are like I know it depends on the person, but you find that people do like getting involved, participating in in a bit of music like that. 
Yeah, um, that's yeah. I suppose once once they get comfortable, mm. and um, you know, it's something that something that you kind of you you do. You are told obviously when you're training, but you you learn it along the way. Is that not everyone is going to straight away want to you know get into playing an instrument? So you won't always have someone who has had experience with either making music or playing instruments before you know and um i mean that's that's an important thing as well you don't have to have previous musical experience um you know you, that's that you know that's kind of one of those myths as well that oh well i didn't play music before so i can't do it no that's not true um it's for absolutely anybody who you know is motivated by music and um but yeah so you yeah, you would, you know, always have to go with the client's comfort mm-hmm. level, you know, and if if they're not comfortable straight away, you know, playing on a drum or some or playing any kind of instrument, then you have to work with that. I mean, that's that's the that's that'd be my approach. Yeah. Um, you work. I work with the the person who is in front of me and I work with them as and where they're at. Um, and I suppose that, you know, that's kind of part of the humanistic approach uh, mm. that that I take on. And I just that's what I believe in. Um, but, yeah, so I think that, you know, that we can forget ourselves sometimes, you know, because especially if, you know, we're musicians before we trained as therapists and we we're automatically comfortable mm. with playing music Um and it can be easy to forget sometimes that not everybody is, yeah. you know. Um, so you definitely um, there you do that. But that's part of building up that trust, you know, mm. that client therapist relationship and the trust that comes with that, you know. So maybe it, it might take six weeks before your client uh, even looks at your instruments. For some people, it might start out by listening to some music. Yeah. Um, whether it's live music where you're playing it or you might play some of some of their favorite artists or some you know it's always dependent on your client and who you have in yeah. front of you well, well yeah. now that you mentioned that because this is another thing i read uh recently on your, on your page actually uh the familiar song kind of theory the the idea behind it and obviously i looked it up about uh looked it up afterwards so could you explain like just kind of the idea behind the familiar song um therapy okay yeah so um yeah something it's familiar songs it's just i suppose what we call you know your client's favorite music you know um and it's a it's it's just yeah it's your it's songs that might hold a significant meaning or maybe your client just enjoys that artist Hmm. and it's it can kind of when you use that that music, you know, you follow that thread. Uh, maybe I work with someone who likes Ed Sheeran, so you know, I that might involve us playing an Ed Sheeran song together. You know, where I kind of play and sing it, and they might play and sing it along with me, um, or we might listen to it and um, talk about the lyrics. And it's 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 kind of I I find it really really useful for bridging a bridging a gap you know um and you know making a connection it's like well I'm 
here and I I'm interested in your music you know it shows that you're interested in the client and what they have to say and what's important to them Mm. you know rather than coming in and saying oh well I don't know any Ed Sheeran song you know you know you wouldn't you just simply wouldn't do that like you know if you didn't know them you might say well we can we can learn them or we can listen to them together um you know it can it can do that in working with older people it can facilitate reminiscence and um so that's where you know when when you were saying about going going into your childhood you know you might say you might sing or play a song that they knew as a teenager um and i find working with old older people it's always the songs it's from maybe their teenage years or their young adulthood which are you know that's where your formative experiences happen you know you know where you're you know and you know those are kind of some of the strongest musical memories you know that's but that's in my experience of working with older older people um but yeah you can play a song from that era and they will you know and it can open up all these all these memories and uh, a window into the person that they are you know and so um, they're really in that way um yeah because i i love the idea I, like i think everybody can relate to turning on a song and bang you're back to you know when you're 15 or whatever i think i think everybody can kind of that's very that's a universal thing and for me you know there's 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 songs that i love like and just like adore uh the songs and they will bring me back in time but there's also songs then that like I, I listen to it and I, they, they hurt like they're like yeah. you're saying about formative years, whether it's you broke up with someone or, you know, something terrible happened, like with maybe someone passed away around the time that this song came out. It could be any number of things like, yeah, what is the kind of what is the kind of thing for you when it comes to that? Like, because obviously you want to you don't want to just all happy songs to make the person happy because you no, you have to dig deep as well. That, yeah. Yeah, it's never it's never about just playing songs and making people happy. Like, I think that's a big, big misconception, you know, that music therapy is always happy and it's always it's for it's for cheering you up. Um, You know, it can look like raw emotion and, you know, it can be sad. Um, So I suppose, you know, it's it's about it's about um, what those songs bring up for you and you might take that song then and um you know you might use lyric analysis where you you know look through the lyrics and talk about what the lyrics bring up for you or if it's like you say it brings up just the song itself brings up a memory of a loved one who who passed you know you might kind of delve into that and um you know process the emotions and memories around that mm-hmm. you know that arose from the song you know so it's so that's so I think that's a, a really powerful way to use familiar songs but um you would you might not always you might not always know that that's going to happen but I suppose part of why it's so important um it, why it's so important to kind of mu- use music carefully is that it can have that effect. Mm. And if you have someone who, you know, is not trained in therapeutic skills, you know, you, you know, and, and this isn't to say that anyone who is going into uh, a day service or, uh, 
a nursing home like they're not doing a bad thing by yeah. going in and playing a few songs they they are not um you know they're not committing a crime or you know but you know i think it is important to have an awareness that of how powerful music can be and part of part of um why it why uh, a music therapist is important or trained qualified music therapist is important um is that we do have the skills to kind of process that emotion that can be triggered from music yeah. with the person and we can do it safely you know um you know like it's 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 just it's all about it, it's all about context and that as well you know but um yeah it can be so powerful and that is why i think if you um if you are looking for music therapy you need to find someone who is trained yeah and qualified you know if you if you're looking for music therapy um and this is your chance to sell the name and the brand right? yeah i know this is the worst part having to do with that but um uh, where would they find you if they were looking for some music therapy well um you know uh i work under the name anam kyol music therapy um and we are on we're on almost all of the socials we're on uh we're on facebook and instagram we also have twitter and linkedin um and you know my details are on the IACAT website, the Irish Association of Creative Arts Therapists, okay. and you can go to that website. Actually, that's a brilliant website um, where they, there is a registry of creative arts therapists, and that in, that encompasses music, dance, drama, and art therapy. You know, so you can whatever modality you want to want to work with you can you know you can key you can put in the keywords music awfully and my details and maybe okay. some other come up yeah. you know your your modality and your location and then you pick your therapist whoever Brilliant. it sounds like yeah i didn't re- i didn't realize there was a, a a spot where you could kind of go to to for all that because we are actually having an art therapist on i think it's three or four weeks time um oh, great. yeah so i'm really looking forward to that chat as well because again it's uh, it's something that I want to piece together, but the two things together, but it sounds like like the music therapy. It sounds great crack, like not great crack. That's that's very it sounds like something that would suit me a lot better than things that I was doing, even though I was helped out a lot. You know, yeah. um, you're also a music teacher. That's right, isn't it? Yeah, well, I, I give um, I give music lessons and I've, I suppose it would have been my bread and butter through mm. college. Um, you know, it's, I suppose teaching trad music, it, there's kind of an informality about it, you know, um, you know, uh, but yeah, so I do, I, I give music lessons in trad music and, um, so that's an, another, another side of things. <laughs> you've, you've been able to do that now still, obviously, uh, kind of Zoom, Skype kind of situation, are you? Yes, thankfully. Yeah. yeah, I've been able to I've been able to run some of my uh, therapy sessions as well. What okay. some, you know, depending on the kind of technology that's available to my clients. Um, but yeah, I've been able to keep my music lessons going. Thankfully, I kind of got I got clued in over the summer, like because it all stopped in March and I was, you know, I wouldn't be 
very good with technology so I didn't really know how I would do a music lesson or um, even a music therapy session I was just like that how one god would that work but over over the summer I got kind of clued in and was able to kind of bring it back then um, I was able to work in person a bit in September but when it all kind of started to get out of hand again in October mm. it just was transferred online and it kind of you know it was it's it's not without its challenges but it's yeah. it's been working so yeah that's the thing like because you know um the fact that you're able to find something i'm exactly the same as you but when talking about technology i'm not good that's why and i say i have to bring his name up i'm contractually obliged every every week you know he's my he's my buddy and he does the podcast with me but he's the tech side of stuff and i'm and the mouthpiece so it works fine but without him i would have been you know pretty lost because like i say i'm not great but how satisfying i always like the idea of teaching teaching the arts i suppose um, yeah like how satisfying is it to see like the pupils like are your students progress and and you know like uh, build their skills and confidence oh it's so great it's mm. it's one of my it's one of my favorite things about teaching music it's just that um you know especially when you see the confidence that mm. that kids can gain from from learning an instrument it's it's amazing and um or even you know doing you know, they might come in, they might be very shy or, and then they might do their their concert at the at Christmas or at the su- summer, the end of the term. And, you know, you can't, you know, you, you're, it's, it's, it's just, it's indescribable, really, mm. just watching them. I just get very emotional, like, you know. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, we, I remember one, one concert I had I think it was one of the first ones that all the teachers in Dune the and Moat had got together and we put together this big concert. It was actually 2019, I think. Okay. Yeah, I think it was 2019. We all all of us teachers got together and we put we put together a concert of all our different music classes. And I came home from that and I just cried because um I kids that only start in September that are the previous September who were it getting up and they were just playing for their mammies and daddies and friends and it was just it was amazing you know to yeah. see the progress from starting from scratch in September to getting up and doing their doing their little thing at a concert is I was brilliant but you know that's that's one of my favorite things about about isn't, it yeah. isn't that lovely though like because I think it leaves a huge, it's a massive thing for them because I remember when I was enough to bring it back to myself again. I apologize. No, but, that's okay. but I have that thing where, right, we played in the mansion house in Dublin, right? I don't know why it was the mansion house, right? But we, I remember Metallica played there the year before. So that was pretty good. But I was oh, about really? eight or nine, right? And um, we were, we had, um, we had recorders. We were playing recorder at that point and we played Planks the Irwin and we played it alive in the mansion and it left a huge uh, wow yeah it it made a massive impression on me and I know my mom was obviously there she was like very very proud like all the parents are very very proud but yeah like it's I I guess like it's class to hear you talk about how great it is and how emotional it is but then for the kids as well and for their parents it's a big big thing and like like music we were talking about this I was talking about this with a friend the other day because um we do a, a live and joyful thing on Instagram. So we have people on for 20, 25 minutes and it's about joy and we try and avoid any of the, you know, the, 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 the tough things that are going on. Yeah. And someone asked me, why is joy anyway? And I was kind of like, 
because because I didn't want to like joy is quite sounds like quite a high bar, you know. And then you got maybe happiness, maybe contentment. Mm-hmm. But I thought for me, joy is like a four minute pop or rock song, right? Because it's like you were talking about there; it brings you back to a certain place. But sometimes it's just a song that's just you've loved since the first time you've heard it. You may not have yeah. a distinctive memory attached to it. And then I was like, like happiness for me is like sitting down watching a good film. And then like contentment is chilling out with a book in front of the fire. And I, I was just trying to work these things out. I was really trying to get the person to come on the show, but it didn't work. But, you know, I was like selling it. I was like, you know, okay. or, but did, did, like, would you agree with that? Because obviously music is such a, it seems to be just everything in your life. Like, you know, it's, it's a bit of, it covers a lot of stuff. Would you agree with that kind of assessment of it can be just pure joy to listen to a song that you love? Oh, hundred percent. Mm. I mean, that's and what you've just described there but just the absolute joy of listening to a song you love that's what kind of that's what you know drives me in my in my teaching and you know what kind of what kept me up at every night until three or four in the morning you know with my little ipod and you know um it's what kind of you know it was it's just i suppose that's where um that's that's what kind of kind of drives i suppose the the obsession i i always say mm. that i'm kind of obsessed you know where, where i just want to feel that all the time yeah. i just want to get that feeling and i suppose i want to share that feeling i want to share how how music can just give you so much joy even mm. if it's only for a minute if it's for half an hour whatever yeah. you know the the joy that you can feel and take away from it as well yeah yeah, that's another thing, isn't it? That's like, yeah. you talk about like three or four minutes of joy from from the song, but I do think that it can, like it can continue with with mood-wise for the day. Yeah. Um, it can put you and make you think, oh, well, I like that song. This is another song I like, and you can go into it. But here, I'm going to put you on the spot now, Bernadette, all right? This is oh, not, not in a bad way, <laughs> not in a bad way. It's, 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 it's okay, it's, it's fine. I, I, I like asking these questions towards the end, and uh, because you're so into music, I thought it'd be a good one to ask. Now, you don't have to be spot on with this answer, so don't worry about that, but what is your favourite song? Oh, wow. Um... I'll let you think, right? I'll just fill this in. I'm going to fill in my one while you think about it, right? Yeah. You can, yeah. You can... So my favourite song... Your favourite song, yeah. My favourite song is A Day in the Life by the Beatles, okay? Um, it is everything that pop, uh, rock, whatever acid inspired song you want to talk about. It's got everything in it. Uh, piano, amazing voice, uh, orchestration, all the things that you want in a song in five minutes. And then it ends with these nine. It ends with this, right? This piano chord that's played nine times. I, I don't know why, like, that's like a big thing to me. It just sounds like an amazing thing. They all just hit the, the chord at the same time. But yeah, that's my answer anyway. Wow, that's that's a good one. <laughs> that's lovely. Um I like I always say that it changes, say from mm. can change from day to day or week to week or whatever, but one that I I think I think if I had to re- really answer the question, it would be a song called Killing the Blues, um by the 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 original was Roland Sally. He's an American singer and songwriter. Um, but I heard it uh, from the version by Alison Krauss and Robert mm. Plant. Oh yeah, okay. Uh, they yeah they did they did an album together of 
think so, some of them were covers and I'm not sure some of them might have been originals but um yeah so they did an album together anyway and I remember hearing this song and just absolutely melting mm. um because you know in the chorus where it go, it conjures this lovely image the chorus um goes um I, I'm gonna sing it because I can sing, um, sing out okay so it goes, somebody said they sold me, swinging the world by the tail, bouncing over a white cloud, killing the blues. Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm, that's too low. But <laughs> no, <laughs> but that was nice. I like it. And I'm killing the blues. Is that what <laughs> yeah. I'm but the, the image, that kind of carefree image of just, you know, you've got the world by the tail and you're you know you're bouncing off a cloud it's just so carefree and it it just kind of i think i think it captures the kind of the freedom from worry that we all want to have and mm. um you know killing the blues as in you know you you don't you're just killing them off yeah and you're free i think that i think that is just all in all in one image and i i think that's just what makes it my favorite song and i love i love to i love to sing it whenever whenever i can um it's one of my even on a uh, podcast <laughs> <laughs> yeah even on a podcast um you know anyone that knows me knows or has played in sessions or anything with me like oh yeah of course she's on about this again but <laughs> do you know what do you know what i like though that this is what i like about it because i think um <laughs> A Day in the Life, for me, Amazing Song is the best song I've ever heard. And uh, the lyrics are very much just taken out of a newspaper. Lennon McCartney, was it was John Lennon, sorry, that kind of wrote it. But the lyrics weren't really of much importance, you know. Mm. But for you, like, in that song, they seem to be maybe not the most important thing, but certainly one of the most important things in the song. And that's what kind of yeah. took you. And that's what's so amazing with music. It's like, oh, I love this song because the melody, or I love it because the chord changes, mm. or you know. And it can be you know yourself like it can be i love songs from sometimes there's bass lines in it that i just really really love i mightn't even love the song that much it's just a bass line that i really love but uh, you're not off the hook just yet by the way so we're gonna okay. we've got two more we've got two more right so yeah i love this it's great this is it's, it, it's going to be boring from from me when i tell people because they all know like um but what's your favorite who's your favorite artist oh see that's tough because you're straddling the lines between you know you're so into trap music do you want to pick a trad artist or then do you want to go into rock like you were talking about it's mine is obviously the beatles everybody knows that by now i've talked about it numerous times yeah. everybody knows it's the beatles god my favorite artist oh um no don't worry about that there's they're still listening there's people still listening don't worry about that Okay. <laughs> we've got we've got the we've got a proper like army that just listen right through to the end. When I say that, I mean my parents, but oh, like well, it's okay. it's still people, isn't it? Like it's fine. It is, yeah. Um, listening to someone agonizing. Um, <laughs> it's an I awful suppose... question. It's an awful. I, I said before this. I just want people to know. I say this to everyone before the podcast. I said that there's no kind of trick questions. Or you'll know every every question, <laughs> and then I kind of this is the first time I've actually this is the first time in all these episodes that I've put someone under kind of this kind of pressure to, to name. A, a, oh. an okay. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, like, forget about, forget about the bit the grand scheme of things. Like who oh, lately, who lately have you been listening to the most? Um, 
I have gone back to, I think that, I think this is kind of my answer anyway. Mm. Um, and I don't care if I get slagged. <laughs> Green Day is my favorite. Oh, right. I've gone back to listening to Green Day um, an awful lot um, in the, in the past year, even just um, because I, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't even know why I didn't listen to them as much. Like as a teenager, it was just green day all day, every day, mm. you know? <laughs> um, and, you know, I just, they're, they're just uh, some, a band that never get old for me, do you know? And um, I just oh, have loved them. Love, they can do no wrong. Um, <laughs> they, yeah. And I, I think um, going back to some of their older stuff, like obviously Dookie and mm. I, I, I really like uh, Nimrod as well. But the, I think it's just, I've gone back to listening to that an awful lot more because I suppose, um, especially in the last year, I've not had to kind of, you know, I've not, I've not had to learn songs out of, yeah, yeah. you know, for, I haven't had to learn as many songs for work. I haven't had to kind of be so consumed with other people's music or anything like that, that I can just, listen to whatever I want you know so I'm kind of going I've been kind of going back to kind of old favorites and things like that and some of them I found god I can't listen to that anymore and some of them like Green Day I'm just like oh you know it just makes my heart happy and I was actually supposed to I was supposed to go see them there last summer when they were coming with Weezer and Fall Out Boy um that's one that I can't listen to anymore Fall Out Boy no, <laughs> um, they haven't aged well. I wouldn't have said. No, no, I don't think so. And um, I'm, you know, so I said, right, I'll just, I'll just go to the bar when they're on. But I'm, yeah. um, <laughs> uh, no, yeah, definitely. I was so excited, so I was disappointed when that didn't go ahead. Yeah. But um, but yeah, definitely. I think I've, I'm listening to an awful lot of Green Day again, and just um, yeah, a lot, a lot of that kind of. That that kind of vibe, do you know. Um, so like, then like, okay, because we we've talked about we've covered. I think we've covered music for for sure, right? So we've covered. A lot. I had one more there. I'm not going to ask you because it's 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 even harder than the last two. So, to, oh. <laughs> so, but okay, I will ask you. Actually, do you know what? I will ask you. Why not? Why My not? podcast. <laughs> I'll do it. But have you ever heard it? Because I have not. Right. I'll answer straight away. Have you ever heard a, an album that you've been able to listen to from start to finish and think there isn't a bad song on that album? Oh, yeah. Really? No. Oh, so oh, many. I've never um, found one. I've never found one. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Um, well, I suppose... Do I, do I have to name one? Or... No, you don't have to name one. I was just... I just yeah. Because I, I, it's an interesting thing because, I, like, you know, I, I'm... Massive Beatles fan, but yeah. Revolver is my favorite album of all time. I adore Revolver, but Yellow Submarine is on it. And, okay. And this is the thing about Yellow Submarine. I think Yellow Submarine is a lovely little uh, ditty for kind of you know pre- like preschool kind of age group. I think that's class. You get to sing along and make a lot of noise. It's already become that, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Whereas, like for for the for the grown man, you know, sitting there with the earphones on, headphones on, or whatever, and they're listening to the album, and then it hits the other submarine. It kind of kills it a little bit for me. 
And I can go right through, I'm not going to name loads of albums, but I can go right through all the albums and there's always one. It's like the artists have this pact that they've made that they can't just put all their good songs on it. And then, uh, I don't know, it's weird. But so you, you've you come across a lot of albums that are, are perfect. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, but I mean, what's what's perfect? Like everybody's kind of idea of perfect or that something like that is different. Um, That's interesting, actually. So do you think that... I'm looking, I'm striving for this perfection that's unattainable because I don't believe in perfect. That's a tough question. I, I said I'd finish with the tough questions and I'm throwing that out there. Uh, no, I think it's me. I think it's probably me. Well, you know, who knows? You you could find, you could find your perfect album one day, you know, never give up. <laughs> never give uh, up. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I need suppose... to start listening to. I need to start listening to new albums, though. I, I, I'm not very good at keeping up to date with music. Okay, um, well, maybe, uh, maybe have a listen to, um, this. This would be one of mine that I, you know, there's never. I never skip a, a song on this album because I. This is would be kind of like one of my perfect ones. Mm. We'll say, um, and it's. It's actually by a local, a local enough artist, um, Gavin G from Tullamore. Okay, he I heard the name. Album, oh, have you? Great. Yeah, have, yeah. Um, he has an album called uh, "Getting There." Yeah, yeah, that's it. Getting there. Um, he, I was I was a teenager when he brought it out, and I had met him a couple of times in sessions because he'd be a friend of Camillus's. So you know, we kind of met at sessions and things. And so I was like, oh, I know him. I'd buy it. I'll buy his album. And I was just in love with it. I was absolutely obsessed with it. And okay. to this day, I never skip a song on it. Okay. So well, that's, have that's a look a, at that. That's a good one. That's good. I'm going to, I'm going to check that out. Um, one last question. So before we, we head off, um, apart from music and that, what do you like to do in your spare time? Um, I, I love to read. Um, hmm. I've always loved reading. Um, one of, yeah, one of my favorite things to do every year was uh, the. Do you, ever, do you remember the MS Readathon, where you read loads of books and got sponsored to? No. <laughs> yeah, did you? Did you never do that? No, it was. Know. It was. I don't know what to do, even do it anymore. But um, yeah, it was a thing, and you'd go. I'd go around on my bike and get sponsorship from all the neighbors, and you know, it was gas and just to sit read books all day. But uh, yeah, no, I love to read. Uh, read and um, uh, you know, I li- I like to go walking mm. and running as well. I, I'm really starting to like running. Um, now, now that I kind of know how to do it a bit more properly, my fiance kind of helps me to okay. do it properly. Is he a big? Uh, is he a big runner? He he yeah he would have been uh in in his teens and that but right. he kind of he has a he has a like a hamstring injury like the kind of you know flares up every so often yeah. so yeah he kind of can't do it as much as he wants but um but yeah so he but he get kind of taught me a little bit and taught me that I can run further than I thought so right. <laughs> yeah which is great so I'm really starting to love that but um I my one of my favorite things to do is to just go off go off somewhere in the middle of nowhere like a big forest and just sort of get right in the middle of all the trees and just you know enjoy that just kind yeah. of listen to the, the trees and the birds and that sounds very hippie but it's just it's it's just something that 
just fills me up like I love it. Do you just because you mentioned your fiance, do you have a date for the wedding yet or? No. <laughs> no it's always a bad question on that answer. But you do. <laughs> do you have. um? Actually, no, I won't, <laughs> I won't say any more of that. But, but no, yeah, okay. it's, it's okay. um. have you been actually engaged long? Yeah, we've been engaged since, I think, 2014. But we were both in, we were both in college and right. finish it, finishing out uh, college. And then we were starting to you know getting our careers going and you know there was you know so it's just something that's never we've never prioritized obviously we we know we want to spend our lives together and things like that um uh but we are actually we're trying to get going on building a house okay that's kind of the project at the minute and we're kind of like well do we want a house or do we want a wedding and like yeah yeah that's the thing like it's you know it's going to happen but there's other things to kind of get sorted first before you can go ahead and and you know book the the date or whatever um hope i hope i got out of that one (laughs) (laughs) that's okay no, I can but, ask all the time. I don't mind. Yeah, <laughs> look, yeah, that, and that's the thing. Like I said, I, think, I asked someone there recently as well, and I said, "Why did I ask that?" Like, but um, it's fine. It's only it's only a bit of a uh, bit of crack. But listen, Bernadette, it's been brilliant having you on. Um, oh, thank really- you. It's great to be here, and I hope I hope that I've answered. I hope I've answered your questions yeah. clearly and in a manner that can be understood. <laughs> because is- I, I I babble. I know that I babble. Um, hey. But- if people are listening to this podcast, they they know what babbling is, all right? I trust me. <laughs> all right, this is fifty four episodes in, but no, honestly, um, you, you did answer the questions correctly, and like I said earlier on, people to, to uh, know to go to Anam Kyol Music on Facebook, on Twitter, on uh, Instagram, so they yeah. know it's there if they want to go and yeah, check it I'm out. I'm always more. happy to have a chat with anyone mm. who who wants to to know anything, or you know, who would kind of want to maybe talk about anything they hear mm. on on the podcast if they want to kind of you know if they want a more in-depth yeah. answer you know absolutely come talk to me i i'm happy out i could talk about it all day <laughs> that's good just just uh stay there for one minute i just want to get a photo yeah. but i'll just finish the episode out all right um okay. so i want to thank john of course for all his his tech savvy um Big thanks to my mum, my dad, my granddad, as always. Also to Jer for the logo, to Calvin for the mu- intro on the music. Um, uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel, please, if you would. Uh, we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, just like Anna Kill. That's another. That's three ads we've got in there now. Um, we're also on uh, the podcast platform: Spotify, Apple, Anchor, Google Podcasts. The, uh, podcast etc there's another couple there um i want to say thanks to everyone for listening as always it's uh, it's uh, it's lovely having you along and to bernadette once again thank you very much oh no problem i'm just delighted and flattered really to be asked yeah oh, stop <laughs> but um thanks everyone uh we'll chat to you next week take care thank you